The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. And they're off. Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. And welcome to another edition of Winning Ponies. Hope to have a great show for you tonight. Our first guest scheduled is Rosie Napravnik. Of course, uh, Rosie... uh, Really is uh, bursted on into the racing scene and uh, just finished fourth in the Belmont standings. You know, she's been very strong down in uh, Louisiana the last few years. And uh, right now, doing well at Saratoga. I think she's ranked about eighth at the spa right now. So it'll be interesting talking to Rosie and her uh, quick rise in the spotlight here in thoroughbred racing. And then uh, Brian Zipsy. Uh, quite a passionate uh, race fan. Uh, he's also the managing editor of Horse Racing Nation. Uh, he's got a daily column that's called Zipsy at the Track, or Z-A-T-T for short. Uh, he's also uh, involved in the management of Derby Wars, which is an online handicapping tournament site. Uh, we're going to get to talk to uh, Brian, and his uh, specialty is Chicago racing, and we picked a good week for that with the Arlington Million and the Beverly D and the Secretariat and all the great races that uh, they're going to have up in Chicago this week. Uh, before I go any further, I don't know how far you go into the Winning Ponies website, if it's uh, the radio show you come for or a lot of the great handicapping tools, uh, but be sure to check. Te- check out some of the bloggers uh, on Winning Ponies. And, of course, my favorite would have to be the one, the only, Horstradamus, and that would be Ed Meyer. And I just want to send out a personal thank you to Ed, who uh, wrote a column this week called Summer Camp. Of course, Ed and I uh, spent about six summer camps together in the same office area at River Downs in Cincinnati and uh, had some great times, did a lot of handicapping together on the regular guy show. And uh, he wrote a, a very, uh, to, to me it was a touching article because uh, he brought back memories of my former partner, uh, Kevin Gomer, who was the first guy to hire me at the racetrack. And, uh, you know, we talked so much about fan education, and Ed kind of reminded people, hey, these guys were doing it 25 years ago on television. We had a show called The Stretch Run. And uh, I won't go on much further but because uh, I want you to read it. So go, go to Winning Ponies, go to the blog site, and uh, read what, what Ed had to say, and I want to thank him because a lot of his comments were, were very, very nice, and, and, and I do appreciate it. Uh, I uh, want to go on now. We'll start our, our news of the nation, as it were. And, of course, uh, last week we were uh, lucky enough to have David Grenning, one of the top writers with the Daily Racing Forum, on with us uh, in the handicapping segment. Of course, we'll be doing the wrap-up there. Uh, David Grenning penned a great story in the Racing Forum about uh, the Hall of Fame inductions and and how touching it was. And I'll reflect on on some of his uh, observations. You know, he, he said, 
class and speed are two of the primary ingredients for success in horse racing, and they were common threads in Friday's National Racing and Hall of Museum Hall of Fame induction ceremonies uh, at the Humphrey S. Finney Pavilion on Saratoga's Racecourse. Uh, one would be hard pressed to find two classier inductees than Roger Atfield and jockey John Velasquez. And there might not have been a faster thoroughbred to have run than Ghost Zapper, the 2004 Horse of the Year. Uh, it was a capacity crowd, and they say that uh, really Johnny V uh, w- w- was something out. Uh, trainer Todd Pletcher presented him his plaque, and in doing so, he said that Velasquez's induction raised the bar for future inductees, uh, not only for his skills and statistics as a jockey, but more importantly, that he's a terrific role model, a terrific husband, a caring father, and just an all-around superhuman being. And, of course, uh, that brought uh, quite a bit of applause and uh, kind of got uh, Johnny V uh, teary-eyed. You know, he you know, currently ranks third all-time in purse money one and has over 4,800 career victories. Yeah, he is coming back from an injury. He had to play a little bit of catch-up, but, of course, uh, he's right there in the standings at Saratoga uh, as he closes in on perhaps being the leading rider ever there, breaking his own agent's record, of course, that being Angel Cadero Jr., it is funny that in his absence, of course, some other people picked up some mounts for Mr. Pletcher, and uh, he turned and looked at him and says, the marriage is still alive, right, Todd? I mean, we haven't gotten divorced yet. So uh, a very good time uh, at the Hall of Fame up at Saratoga. Okay, hate to give these reports and makes you scratch your head every week, but the question here is, what's wrong with Bodemeister? That's right, winner of the Arkansas Derby, and runner-up in the Kentucky Derby and the Preakness Stakes. Well, we found out just the other day he was being shipped to Windstar Farm on Wednesday, and then he was going to be evaluated today, I believe. They say uh, it was for a diagnostic procedure, and uh, they're going to find out what's wrong with him. I've been, you know, kind of cruising the Internet, and I have not seen uh, exactly what has happened since he went uh, to Rude and Riddle. But again, uh, it's kind of a bit of a mystery. It would just be terrible to lose. I'll have another and Bodemeister uh, so early in their careers. You know, he was never worse than second. Uh, He's won two of six starts, 1.3 million for Zayat Stables. Uh, You know, he's a regally bred. He's a son of Empire Maker. And, uh, you know, all I can say is let's just hope that uh, Bodemeister, they find out what's wrong and that he's okay after he undergoes the test at Rude and Ribble. Uh, Acclamation, he's going to be out of the Pacific Classic. It looks like uh, he has an inflammation below his ankle, uh, owner Bud Johnson said uh, just yesterday. And uh, they said it's a 90% chance he's out of the Classic. They're not throwing it out completely, but it doesn't doesn't look good. He was scheduled to have a workout, and uh, when they found the heat, they said he's just too good of a horse. they got to worry about him. Uh, acclamation, as you may know, is unbeaten in his last seven starts. All of them stakes, including the Pacific Classic. Uh, he's now won 11 of 30 starts for almost $2 million. And that winning streak includes five grade one races. So we will miss him. Well, uh, again, we're going to talk to Brian Zipsy uh, later in the show about the races in Chicago. But one that's going to be uh, an interesting one is the, uh, the Legends race. 
and a guest that was on with us recently, Patricia Cooksey. Uh, she's going to be up there along with Early Fires, uh, the Hall of Famer who certainly dominated Arlington over the years. Other retired jockeys are uh, Zoe Cadman, Frank Lovato Jr., the Equisizer Man, and Larry Melanson. Uh, it's going to be a 10-horse race, so it's going to be kind of interesting where uh, they're, they're going to be running against uh, some young upstarts, shall we say. Uh, other ones would be uh, James Graham, uh, uh, Francisco Torres, Rosemary Homeister, Seth Martinez, and Jeff Sanchez. Of course, Cooksey, as she uh, told us, that she's been getting up on horses on Keeneland, uh, trying to stay fit. Uh, PJ is now uh, 54 years old, but I can tell you in person she still uh, looks fit as when she was uh, riding uh, in Kentucky. Uh, early fires, he's 65. Uh, Larry Melanson is 57. Lovato's 49. Zoe Cadman, she's the baby of the bunch at 37 years old. So uh, we'll... Uh, be tuned in for the Legend Race. It's being held in conjunction with the third annual Dining with the Dynasty, where they bring up all kinds of uh, great stars and some people we've been lucky to have on Winning Ponies, such as Chris McCarron. Also up there will be Pat Day, Walter Blum, and Jean Cruget. Uh, that luncheon will benefit the Permanently Disabled Jockeys Fund. And I believe that uh, there are still some seats available for Dining with the Dynasty. Uh, you can email Nancy LaSala, it's nancy.lasala, L-A-S-L-A, at yahoo.com to find out if you want to go to the party. Well, we talked uh, a lot this winter about Star Guitar, the Louisiana Horse of the Year, the standout. It looked like he is retired from racing. He's going to stand stud next year at Clear Creek Farm in Folsom, Louisiana. Uh, seven years old. Uh, he looks like he was getting ready for the $125,000 Evangeline Mile to be run Saturday, but the, the quarter crack is just uh, too too severe, and you know they're so hard to come back from. And he's done so much, uh, and certainly a lot of Louisiana breads will be real happy to know that Star Guitar is not around anymore. <laughs> that I can tell you, he was awful tough, and nobody wanted to run against him. So uh, from there. Another uh, report of a horse who we thought was ill last week, but looks like he's coming back, and that's going to be Monarcos. Uh, Monarcos uh, had colic surgery. He's 14 years old now, his son of Maria's mom, and uh, he uh, is going to be fine. He's going to go back to Nichols Farm, and that uh, he's just they got to watch his diet. Uh, they're going to mow the lawn and keep his water take down, and. They uh, just got to be cautious race now. Of course, uh, Monarcos won uh, the 2001 Kentucky Derby in the race's second fastest time, and uh, he's been standing stud at Nichols Farm. Uh, Chantel Sutherland is in the news, but not in the nude, uh, as she was on her recent photo shoot, in the news uh, because she went over to ride in Europe and she drew a suspension when it was ruled that she used her whip excessively on a horse at Ascot. You know, they have a, a certain count of whip strokes that you can have over there. And for a while, it looked like because of the way that they do their suspensions on calendar days, that she was going to miss uh, the Pacific Classic. And uh, certainly, she would like to have that mount on Game on Dude. And... Uh, the British Horse Racing Authority sent a letter to Delmar Stewart saying that the uh, ruling uh, is going to be held up 
And uh, so she's got an application. It's going to be delayed, and hopefully we'll get to see her on uh, Game on Dude and the Million Dollar TVG Pacific Classic. Uh, speaking of uh, Rosie and where she where she goes, uh, Delmar set racing history with her pick five pool this week. A lot of people bet into that. Uh, going into the third race, the start of the pick six, top 1.5, but the uh, the pick five started out with three million with the 50 cent pick five. All right, uh, look at. Uh, some horses' futures and where they're going to go. It looks like Painter, who was on the shelf for a little while, is now going to uh, look at the Pennsylvania Derby or the Jockey Club Gold Cup. You know, he spent about a week in the New Jersey Veterinarian Clinic, came back to Belmont. He's walking under tack, and uh, it looks like uh, they're going to have to pass the Travers and, you know, give him his best chance uh, to come back. Uh, he could make his next start uh, in that million-dollar Pennsylvania Derby at Parks Racing or the Million Dollar Jockey Club Gold Cup at Belmont on September 29th. Uh, he did run a huge race in the Belmont Stakes, and who knows, maybe that knocked it out of him. Um, then we go to uh, see what the schedule of Fort Larned is. Of course, last week we had uh, jockey Brian Hernandez with us. It was a real treat uh, learning about his career and, and talking to Brian. And uh, Ian Wilkes hasn't ruled out running in the Whitney uh, but it looks like possibly for the Jockey Club Gold Cup. He's waiting for the Gold Cup uh, September 29th. Uh, so he's been going kind of easy on it. It was hot the other day. You know, Fort Larned right now, one of the hottest horses. He's already run seven times this year, so uh, Wilkes may be very patient with him. Uh, let's take a look now at some of the races. Again, David Grenning was kind enough to come on the show with us and uh, look at the races. Uh, nationally and do some handicapping he of course is a new yorker so we started out with the two baby races at saratoga and uh starting out with the adirondack grade two six and a half furlongs both the adirondack and the saratoga special at six and a half and it was cowie katie hope we get a chance to talk to cowie katie's jockey here shortly rosie napravnik this horse came out in her debut, recorded a 100 buyer figure, winning by 12 lengths, and that's after bobbling at the start. Now, that was the maiden at Saratoga. She comes right back and sped right out, and uh, it looked like she might have been going a little bit fast. I mean, she uh, went the opening quarter in 21 and change, the second half in uh, 44 and 4, uh, but she shook off the, the, the early horses and uh, just kept going. Uh, she ended up running uh, two and three-quarter lengths ahead at the wire over Salamara and Fully Living was third. So Cowie Katie definitely stamped herself as perhaps the top two-year-old filly on the East Coast for sure. We haven't seen much on the, the West Coast. Okay, let's go now to the Saratoga Special. Uh, as it turns out, uh, Rosie was scheduled to uh, ride Shanghai Bobby and was the early morning line favorite at 2-1. to one. So uh, that never happened, scratched due to a temperature. So Shanghai Bobby out 
and that brought in spurious precision, uh, who looked awfully good. Uh, it's a son of a $5,000 stud, high cotton, but he must have looked good at the uh, Ocala two-year-old sale. He went for 105000 uh, trained by Richard Violette. Alan Garcia in the saddle. This is a horse that's now two for two. Again, both those wins at Saratoga. Uh, kind of like the, uh, the, the, the Philly race, he uh, broke to the front and stayed there. Uh, he's so fine. It was last for the opening half mile. Rallied between horses to get second, uh, three quarters of a length over Harm's Way, who got third by a head over drum roll. So uh, it looks like uh, spurious precision. He replaced, uh, carried interest. Uh, he missed the race due to a tender shin. So uh, we still don't know about those two, Shanghai Bobby and carried interest, uh, two very promising two-year-olds, but I'm sure that we will see them down the road. Uh, big question with David Grenning was the weatherman and how soft the turf might be for Wise Dan. Uh, we thought perhaps Wise Dan you know, might be a better dirt horse than a turf horse. He'd only uh, run twice on the turf, uh, put in a big race in the Shadwell Mile uh, at Keeneland, but came up a length and three-quarters short of some nice horses, Gio Pani and Get Stormy, who was in this race. Uh, did win the Firecracker handicap at Churchill Downs going a mile on the turf. Well, uh, grass or not, Wise Dan has got to be one of the best horses in training. Uh, he absolutely uh, dominated the field uh, by five lengths. And, uh, of course, Johnny V, back and healthy, he was, he was in the saddle. And uh, he, who knows, he may be better on grass now after what we saw, and this grass was really, it was uh, European-like, softened by uh, two days of rain. So uh, Wise Dan is the one to watch. Uh, he was uh, over Corporate Jungle, who uh, was David Grenning's upset pick after the terrible pick and the uh, terrible ride in the Shoemaker Mile. So Corporate Jungle did get second in that. So if you did uh, listen to the two horses we liked, hopefully you went home with the exacta in there. Let's move on now to the West Coast. And if I can get my notebook open, uh, the John C. Maybe, uh, the grade two in here. It was upset time, of course, trained by Hall of Famer Jerry Hollendorfer. City to city, it was an exciting race. He nosed out all start heart in a thrilling running of this quarter-million-dollar race uh, and did it without a whip for the final furlong. Corley Nakatani... Drop the whip. City to city shows a lot of guts. She's a five-year-old mare. She'd been away from the winner's circle for a while since the Buena Vista back in February, but she showed a lot of guts and got away at 15 to 1. She does like Del Mar, has never been off the turf at Del Mar. Uh, if you want to see another exciting race, I uh, hope you were watching Remington, where alternation nosed out prayer for relief in the Governor's Cup. Uh, and that put him over the million-dollar mark. Uh, the prayer for relief uh, was on top. Uh, nice fractions, uh, you know, 24-1, and 48-1. He's at the half-mile pole and close to 113, which are pretty good times for a horse of his talent. But then all of a sudden, alternation began to wind up, and uh, prayer relief was not giving it away. And those two went down to the wire. In the photo, alternation got up. 
making a lot of people happy because he was the odds-on favorite at $3.20 for the win. And then uh, one more race uh, out at Del Mar. It was old-time hockey turning the tables. He couldn't catch my best brother on the opening day Oceanside, but he got a little extra distance, and he got a break in the weights. Now, there are only four horses in the La Jolla, but it still turned out to be a very, very exciting finish. Old-time hockey was the widest of all of them. Got up by a nose, uh, while my best brother, who looked to be the winner, uh, was a, just a head in front of Chips All In. So for a short field, uh, we still got a, a really good race. Uh, and it looks like that uh, old-time hockey may be coming back in the Del Mar Derby, $300,000 race, a race that uh, Proctor won last year for Glenhild with Band. All right, well, that's a look at the national racing scene and a look at uh, the races we handicapped last week. Looking forward, right now, we're going to be uh, talking to uh, Brian Zipsy. Uh, he is a creator of handicapping contests. He's also a creator of a very exciting website, and hopefully he's got his finger on the pulse of racing up there in Chicago. So we're going to take a little bit of a break here on Winning Ponies, and we'll be right back with Brian Zipsy. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form, the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. This Is It Sports is an engaging talk program that includes you, the experts, and sports, all moderated by Coach Carl Hargrave. We'll talk about what's going on in the general sports world, collegiate and professional, take a look at youth-oriented sports, athletic development and sportsmanship, faith, and where it has its place in sports, along with a lively discussion with Coach Carl every week. Tune in to This Is It Sports with Coach Carl Hargrave every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right. Well, back with me and Breck... With Brian Zipsy, uh, this is a guy that's uh, pretty much uh, loved the game since, since he was a, a little one. Uh, he says he's been lucky enough to see all the greats in person, from Secretariat and Ruffian through Rachel Alexander and Zenyatta. Uh, he first remembers seeing Secretariat become a Triple Crown champion by winning the Belmont Stakes at 31. My, my only experience uh, 
at first seeing Secretary. Of course, I got to see him a lot down at Claiborne Farm. Uh, I went up there with all full expectations of watching him win the Whitney Stakes at Saratoga. I set myself down at the quarter pole, figuring that's where he was going to make his move. And as the horses flew by, I snapped my camera, and I have a beautiful picture of Onion on the outside passing Secretariat. So I guess Brian was lucky enough to see him in the Belmont Stakes. I didn't. Well, Brian is also the managing editor of, of Horse Racing Nation, which is the fastest-growing racing news site on the Internet, and that is where uh, I got my information about Bodie Meister, I'll have you know, um, fresh off uh, Horse Racing Nation. He has a daily column that's called Zipsy at the Track, and he's also involved with management of Derby Wars, and obviously uh, Brian probably sleeps about two hours a night with all of these things on his plate. So ladies and gentlemen from Winning Ponies, I want to introduce Brian Zipsy. Brian, how are you? John, I'm doing great. It's great to be on the show. I, I feel like I know you a little bit better after that Onion story. That's the only time you got to see Secretariat in person? The only time I actually got to see him race, I started going to every Kentucky Derby starting in 74, <laughs> you know. I, I guess I should ask how that onion tasted. Well, I, it left a bad taste in my mouth, and I'll tell you why. Uh, about t- two or three years later, I was down at the Preakness, and I forget who, who, who won it that year. And on the undercard was about a $6,000 claimer, and in that race was Onion. Oh no! Yeah, I couldn't believe it. Yeah, yeah he was a, he was a Jerkins uh, Jerkins runner. That's part of the uh, the giant killer mystique that he still holds today. Uh, you're not uh, kidding, I, yeah, but he still holds today. He's, he's still doing it up at Saratoga. I I made a trip out to Saratoga recently, and I saw his Amazon Corp pull in, pull off another upset in the uh, in the Prioress. Uh, he's uh, boy, is he 83? I want to say he's up. There, yeah, he's uh, still winning big races, isn't he? I hope to live to 83, let alone to be able to train a graded stakes winner. <laughs> Amen. Well, Brian, I, and re- reading your bio, uh, it says that you've been passionate since birth. I mean, were, were you, you born in a stall, or were you the, the, the son of someone that was involved in racing? Yeah, give us your background. Well, well, practically, uh, the, old, the old story goes, this is actually the story about my brother's birth. Uh, my father and my mother pulled into the Arlington Park uh, parking lot, and uh, my father was uh, getting ready to get out of the car. And my mother, who was just about nine months pregnant, said, I think I'm going into labor. My father didn't bat an eye. He said, well, let me go in and play the double, and I'll be right out. My brother was what born the next day. Yeah. Well, you know, us horse players were still... That's, uh, I, I think that story has a little bit of uh, embellishment to it, but... That's kind of what I grew up with. Uh, my brother and I were lucky enough to uh, go to all the big races, thanks to my dad, and uh, I've been a fan ever since. Well, before we move on, I'll, I'll share a birthing story with you. It was uh, back when uh, when Ali Sheba uh, was going to post in the Kentucky Derby, and my wife was nine months pregnant, and I said, look, Peg, and this was with our first child. I, I said, hey, there's going to be a lot of Kentucky Derbies, uh, Look, I can miss this. And she's like, no, trust me. I can tell you how I feel. You go on down to the Derby. I'm not going to have this baby for another week. I said, okay, fine. So we go down to the Derby, get some great shots at the finish line, Ali Sheba, uh, myself, and a sports writer by the name of uh, Bob Summers. And my brother Bob were at at the bar at the Holiday Inn uh, pretty late at night, and the phone rings. And the guy goes, I don't think so, lady. There's only three guys left here. 
And he says, is there a John Engelhardt here? I said, yeah. He goes, here's the phone. Of course, it's my wife. Her water just broke. <laughs> so uh, got in the car and sped out of Louisville. And in front of me, for some reason, was an all-black motorcycle gang that I guess was heading back to Detroit. So I figure I'll just fan in behind these guys because they were making pretty good time and uh, get, get on up to Dayton and get off. <laughs> the whole way, these guys kept looking over their shoulder going, hey, who pissed this dude off in Louisville? Because he's been chasing us for 180 miles. So <laughs> anyhow, long story short, got there just in time. My son Casey, he healthy, happy, and he's a college grad right now. So <laughs> that's, that's my racetrack birthing story to share with you. Well, the, the fact that she allowed you to go uh, down there to the Derby says a lot about her. So I, I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that you've treated her well and knew that she was a keeper. <laughs> Bob, you mentioned Bob Summers. Is that the old uh, writer from uh, Buffalo? Yes, Bob Summers is actually the godfather of one of my nephews. Uh, he and my brother Bob were best friends. They used to call him One and One A in the press box. Uh, he was the happy handicapper for the Buffalo News. Yes. Uh, I actually was, I made a trip out east. I, I mentioned I was at Saratoga for the uh, the Whitney and Jerkins winning the, the Priorist. Uh, another reason I, I made that little sojourn was to stop at Fort Erie. Uh, they might be closing this year. They're, you know, they're in real danger of closing down. This yes. might be their last year. I'd never been up there before. And the day I, I, I uh, happened to pick to be there, the feature race was the Bob Summers Memorial. You're kidding me. So, isn't that something? It's a small world. And, uh, I talked to the media media lady there, and she told me all about Bob and how they loved loved him up there, and how he had his own little space in the media, and he he, he kind of ran the place from a from a newsman perspective, and they all loved him. I guess he passed away in the last two years or so. Yes, yes. But his wife his his wife actually presented the trophy. Uh, uh, that was uh, about a week ago. Yeah, Bob Curran from the uh, Jackie Club sent me an article about it. It was uh, really touching. Uh, just, just a super guy, upbeat. You know, he's just one of those guys you want in the press box. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, I never met him. Well, um, so tell me um, now, how you you enter racing strictly as a fan? How do you turn it into a profession? You know, I was one of those guys who, who I, obviously, I followed racing all, you know, hardcore since I was little. I, I, I literally learned to read on the racing form. So I always followed it, and I, and I thought that, uh, and I always enjoyed writing a little bit. Um, I even kind of looked around while I was in college, and it, it seemed like a very hard profession to break into. Uh, I sent all the letters out I, uh, to, to the Blood Horse and the racing form and, and such, and it, it wasn't such an easy thing to get into 20 20-some-odd years ago. Right. Uh, so, you know, I, my, my career took me other paths. Um, I just, uh, I, actually, I actually started reading a blog uh, on, the, uh, on Blood Horse, uh, Blood Horse Online, and uh, one of the bloggers there that I read, Jason Chandler, he's no longer there, asked for a guest blogger. I, you know, I said I'd love to do it. I had a little bit of um, background writing also for golf. And uh, so he got he got me on there. I I did a story. It was well received. Um, talked to a few other people. Steve Askin. I've become friends with him in the last four or five years. You know, he he was the one that kind of urged me to start my own blog. I did that. It went w- really well. Uh, I think uh, Facebook and Twitter. The fact that you can kind of promote your stuff easier online these days helped a lot. Uh, and Horse Racing Nation uh, it was a very new website when they contacted me and 
said they'd love to have me uh, come aboard, and it's been going uh, great ever since. All right. Well, uh, since I was uh, introduced to you by by David Zinner, I. Uh, I've gone up and I've looked at the site, and uh, it's, uh, it's it's pretty up to the minute. Uh, how is it operated? Who who takes care of it? And why would our listeners want to go there? Oh boy, there's 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 a. I, I don't know if you have enough time for for my answer, but anyway, horse racing nation <laughs> is we do every good good. I I appreciate that. It's 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 kind of run by the the fans in a way, John. Uh, we allow for the fans to uh, be constantly commenting on the homepage. We allow the fans to go into the databases, and, and just like a Wikipedia, uh, fans can enter race results. They can enter information about uh, horses. So you, you could find a horse. You, you, you name a horse that you've heard of in the last 50 years, and you'll find a horse page for him. As much information has been entered so far on Horse Racing Nation, um, you'll find it, uh, information on his pedigree, his, his race results, uh, breeding, owner, trainer, and, and you just kind of keep hitting the links and it'll take you, it, it, it's endless where it'll take you from page to page. Uh, you could kind of go back and find one of your favorite horses and just bounce around. But even better than that, it, it's very current in that the information because it's become so popular the last few years on the newer horses, it is really quite in-depth. Uh, so you can, uh, you know, people, we're actually working on bringing more um, uh, results and uh, past performances in, but people tell me they handicap the races just from the information on the, on the pages uh, on Horse Racing Nation. It's, it's also very visual. It's, it's more uh, in tune with uh, the Internet and the younger generation being able to, navigate the computer easily so it's it's a fun site we have stakes tracker where you can see who's going to be in the arlington million maybe three four weeks ahead of time the breeders cup will have information on horses heading for the breeders cup classic six months ahead of time so it's it, it, like you said it, it moves fast and it's up to date uh just a just a really fun site it's it's kind of the new wave i think of horse racing news well, it, it really, it really is, and I, I've had fun uh, navigating it uh, just over the past couple of days. Well, here's what we're going to do, Brian. If it's okay with you, we're going to take a little bit of a break here, and when we come back. I want to know a little bit about uh, the author of a daily column called Zipsy at the Track. We're talking with Brian Zipsy. We'll be right back. You're listening to Winning Ponies. <laughs> Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Can't make it to the track? 
you can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form, the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me, Brian Zipsy, uh, who's involved with uh, several projects, uh, Horse Racing Nation, we just discussed. Uh, he also does a daily column, and I know that's not an easy thing to do to keep things fresh, especially when you get into some of the months when uh, racing isn't quite as hot as it is at this time of year. Uh, what am I going to get if I pull up Zipsy at the track, Brian? Well, hopefully you'll get an entertaining read, John. I, I try to mix it up. You're, you're right, it's 365 days a year or so. Um, there's, you know, there, there is the chance to get stale. So I, I always try to do all sorts of different things on Tipsy at the track. And I hope the readers appreciate that. Uh, actually every Wednesday I have a, uh, a trivia contest where I'll put up a series of clues. It's called who am I? And people really seem to get in that. So you tune in at nine, 9 PM every Wednesday and uh, the first one to solve the riddle and, and find out the horse uh, who has these 11 clues written uh, is the winner, and, and it's become a pretty good competition. I get uh, usually I get a couple hundred people uh, telling me they're in, involved in that on a on a weekly basis. And then I'll do handicapping. I'll do stories of of, of what I've seen. I'll I'll do industry stories. And I, as you, if you've had a chance to look at my column today, in, in which I basically uh, call myself an idiot for my pick five blunder yesterday. <laughs> Hopefully, there's some humor that. in there to keep people interested. Uh, uh, oh, I, I totally lost the question. Uh, that, oh, oh, I know. I was going to ask you, on, on your trivia question, are these modern-day horses or are we going back in time? They they range anywhere. I've had horses from, from the 1930s. Um, more common that they're horses uh, from my lifetime. So you'll see a lot of horses from the 70s, 80s, 90s. Um, not so much horses in the last five years, but every once in a while I'll put in a, a really good horse from the last five years, and often that will stump people uh, as they've grown to expect horses from 10, 20, 30 years ago more often. Um, as as I move forward with, with your, as I said, I, I expect you sleep perhaps two hours a day, is that you're involved with the management of Derby Wars, which is, which is a new online handicapping tournament site. I, a lot of our listeners love handicapping tournaments. What are we looking at if we go to Derby Wars? DerbyWars.com is is uh, is fun. It's unique. There's nothing quite like like it out there. Basically, what we did was we tried to look at the uh, online poker model that that was so successful until uh, a few in the industry kind of uh, went the wrong way with the rule book. But um, they had a good model for making uh, games that were constantly available, fun to play, easy to play. And that's what we try to do on Derby Wars. Uh, generally, it's Wednesday through Sunday. Sometimes you'll see stuff up early in the week, though. 
and you can literally uh, enter a tournament almost any time you want during during the racing day, mostly the American racing day. So we'll have tracks. Uh, you might be playing Saratoga or Delmar or Churchill Downs or what have you. Uh, sometimes we combine a couple tracks into one, and you're entering a contest, uh, whether it be a, a, a small six-person, eight-person contest or, or a real big contest we've had with over 100 people. Um, some of them are free to enter. Uh, if they're not free, you're, you're putting in a small entry fee, or, or, or as the entry fee gets bigger, so does the so does the pot, the winning, uh, the winning pool. Uh, we've had a tournament as big as $50,000 already, and uh, so we've had a $20,000 winner because we'll pay down to, to you know, uh, what makes sense for the size of the tournament. So I think the 100-plus tournament, we had over 40 people cashing in. Um, and you're, you're just competing against the other people. A common tournament would be like uh, eight races within about two hours, so it moves pretty fast. Uh, we have a good uh, mechanism to chat with the other players, so you kind of make friends with uh, people online handicapping as you're doing. And you 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 pick a horse. Um, most common way to do it is just a win place bet, two dollars to win in place on that horse. You have to be have a ho- one horse in each race, and after eight races or so, whoever has the highest total is the winner. It, it sounds like fun. Well, I hope some of our listeners will uh, will take advantage of the opportunity to, to play in that. Right now, I know a lot of our listeners are wondering who Brian Zipsy likes in the Chicago races. Let's go right out of the gate with the big daddy of them all, and that is the Arlington Million. Um, the uh, This race, of course, has become an iconic feature. It was the first million-dollar race uh, in the United States. Uh and let's face it, this race a lot of times has been really attractive to European runners. And they usually leave you, using, uh, I should say, scratching your head uh, because you, you, it's hard to get a line on these European runners, but it seems like they've all got so much class. And I'm just wondering uh, who you're looking at here. Is it the hometown Hope who won the Arlington uh, Handicap, Rahi Strada, or do you like one of the Euros? Yeah, unfortunately, I, I'm going to have to to go with the recent trend. You know, if it wasn't for Gio Ponti, uh, how good a horse he was, uh, Europeans would have won the last four editions of the Arlington Million. And uh, unfortunately for the American team, I, I think this isn't an especially strong group that we're uh, we're sending into the Arlington Million. So, yeah, I, I, I'm definitely uh, on the European bandwagon. In fact, I, I think my top three picks, maybe even four picks, are all coming over. The, the good thing now with sites like Horse Racing Nation and, and, and all the information you could get, even YouTube, we're, we're getting to know these Europeans, European horses better and better. So the information that we have on them now, it, it's a lot easier to kind of get a grasp of who they really are before they come over. Uh, in fact, we just, uh, we just got a new writer from Europe the last few months who's done great work for us. And He's kind of filled uh, filled our readers in on the European. So some of the information I'm going on is is what he's telling me as a the first hound account for the European horses. Um, I think the favorite is, is going to be the Europe one of the Europeans, and his name is Cracker Jack King, uh, a horse who's seven for seven in Italy, and is coming out of uh, one of the top races in Europe. He ran fifth in the Coral Eclipse last time. Listed at five to one on the morning line, I know a lot of people are talking about him. I, I expect him to be a lukewarm favorite, and he's probably the horse to beat John. But I'm looking, I'm looking to the really hot connection of John Gosden and William uh, trainer John Gosden and, and, and young rider William Buick. 
uh, horse's name is Colombian. He's 8-1, to one and he actually might be the fourth choice of the Europeans, but uh, really good form. When he when he runs in grade uh, grade 2s, grade uh, 3s, and even even lesser grade 1s, he, he really does well every race. His last one, he was uh, beaten a little bit more. He was beaten seven lengths, but that was by So You Think, Carlton House, and Far, some of the very best turf horses in the world. I think uh, Gosden knows how to bring horses over. He's, he's going to be my top play in the million. Well, you know, anytime I see Aiden O'Brien, he always scares me, too, because this guy doesn't usually come over here just to try the Chicago hot dogs. Yeah, no, he, he does he does really well over here. He does, he does well everywhere he goes, I guess. And Treasure Beach, of course, won the, uh, the secretary at the three-year-old race here last year. He won it by a neck. Um, he's one of the ones, I don't know that his recent form is quite as good. And he's kind of globetrotted back and forth a lot in the last year. So I'm a little, little hesitant of him. I'm, I'm scared of him. Uh, he, he's listed fourth on my, on my board right now. And he's actually the fourth European that I like. I think he'll get bet a little bit too. The other one that I didn't mention was, uh, the, uh, was from Luca Kamani, Apsar, who actually ran second. Uh, I think the key race could be a, a grade one in Italy in May where Cracker Jack King ran first and Afsari was second, uh, along with Colombian. Those will be my top three, but Treasure Beach is definitely a danger. All right. Well, listen, you are a font of knowledge. I'm trying to make notes, and I just can't write quick enough. The good thing is all these shows are on podcast, Brian, so you can tell or if you want to make a, a connection on any of your websites to say, hey, listen listen how well I did uh, on Winning Ponies, uh, that uh, I would just want to remind our listeners, too, because on the West Coast right now it's drive time, and so a lot of people uh, tune in on podcasts to get it. So it will be good to go back and a, hopefully, listen before the race and and get your selections, and or B, go back at the end of the day and say, just how good is this guy, Brian Zipsy? Well, here's what we're going to do. Um, I think we'll take a brief break, and then we're, we're going to power through uh, the Secretariat, uh, the Beverly D, and we would be remiss to not do America's oldest three-year-old Philly race, the Alabama. So uh, that's the lineup, ladies and gentlemen. Stay tuned. We've got Brian Zipsy with us, ace handicapper out of Chicago. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form, the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. When it comes to youth and high school football, listen each week to Coach Al Gross at First and Ten Football. 
Coach covers vital topics relating to the latest trend on a national level. Join Coach as he interviews personalities from the NFL, NCAA, and the top high school coaches from around the country. Catch all the interviews and get in-depth information online at www.firstand10football.com. Your national resource for youth and high school football. First and 10 Football airs Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Sports. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me is Brian Zipsy, the managing editor of Force Racing Nation. He's also involved with Zipsy at the track's daily column and Derby Wars, as you just heard described. Okay, we knocked out the million, which it looks like it's going to be a tough one, as always, and you never know Chicago weather is going to play into it. But uh, now we're going to move up to the Secretariat Stakes. Uh, it's a grade one going a mile and a quarter, classic distance on the turf, and it looks to me like, Dale Romans could actually hit the trifecta in here. Yeah, Romans is loaded. I, I actually was a little surprised that he brought his uh, his uh, B string. Yeah, uh, they're pretty good. They're pretty good horses. John Cosetti and Finnegan's Wake both look to have a big future on the turf, but I think they're in a little bit tough here in the Secretariat. I think of all this, the, uh, Arlington has uh, six turf stakes in a row, four four biggies in a row. And I think of the big races, this has actually come up the best. And a big reason why I'm going to, ra- I'm going to wave that American flag a little bit here is uh, Roman's top horse, Silver Max. He- he's just been something. He's won six straight uh, turf races, five straight uh, stakes races. He goes wire to wire in just scintillating fashion. And, uh, you know, the big bet I think I'm going to make on this, on this card is an all-stakes 6-5, starting with the St. Ledger, uh, the uh, 7th. 7th through 11th, so the secretary will be leg two, and a lot of those tickets, I'm going to look for Silver Max to get the job done for, for the red, white, and blue. Absolutely. I, I think he he looks like a, a standout here, and, uh, you know, Romans has just had such a good stable, and yeah, you know, I'm sure some of his owners are going, wait a second, you're going you're gonna to enter me in against Silver Max? But hey, you know what? The second and third pot on a million-dollar race ain't exactly chump change, so I, I think you got to, in this race, you got to put a ring around uh, Silver Max. So let's move from here. Uh, to a race with a lot of history, uh, you, know, you know, the Beverly D, the, the horses that are, you know, come, come out of here. I mean, five Beverly D winners have gone to be on Eclipse Award winners for Turf, Wallace uh, two possibly perfect, uh, Golden Apples, and uh, just recently uh, Stace Alita. Um, the one interesting thing is here is Christopher Clement owns the most wins as a trainer in this race. Uh, he's uh, won it three times, and he brings in Mystical Star. I don't know if it's just out of habit or if uh, he really thinks that uh, she's the one to beat in here. I want to know who Brian Zipsy thinks the one to beat is. I think this is the toughest race, as tough as the million was. I, I kind of feel good about the, the Euros in the, in the Arlington Million. This race is even tougher. Um, there are a few horses that I, I don't think really have a great shot. But then I look at mystical star Clemence, who, who just has really taken off this year. She was a promising three-year-old 
law, uh, didn't uh, get to race most of the second half of last year, but she's run three three races this year, and I think she's still somewhat underrated. I think she has a legitimate shot. She's not going to be my top uh, choice, but if she drips drifts up near ten to one, I think you got a player. Yeah, I mean, with his record in this race, how can you not? Fans are talking about Aruna, and for good reason. Aruna's been nothing but super since she's come over uh, from Europe a couple years ago. But if you look at Mystical Star and Aruna's last two races against each other, if anything, Mystical Star uh, got slightly the better of her as they split. Mystical Star had a big excuse in the race she lost. Uh, Marketing mix from Canada, Tom Proctor's horse, who's run... Uh, quite a few of her races in Canada, including her last two. She's won six out of eight on turf. Uh, she's uh, coming off two straight night stakes wins at Woodbine. She's just a really nice filly. Uh, I wonder if a mile three sixteenths might be just a little far for her, but you got to respect Proctor. And then, unfortunately, sticking with that Euro, that Euro theme for most of the big races. I, I almost like the top two uh, even better, and, and that would be Joviality. Again, uh, she's the uh, she's the John Gosden filly. She, uh, if you look at her last race, and I'm hoping a lot of people do, she was tenth by almost 20 lengths. But uh, my my Euro buddy over there says she just doesn't like the soft turf that she got that day. Her form before that is is super fits well with these fillies, probably against a little bit better over there. And I'm hoping she can uh, show some five, six to one odds. And then another one that interests me a lot is I'm a dreamer. And I haven't heard a lot of people talking about her yet, but she's, uh, she's run against really good horses. Her three races this year in Europe uh, are against top notch Phillies, maybe top twice. And then she ran very well against uh, one of the best older males in Europe, uh, Carlton House. So I think uh, she's eight to one on the program. I think she's worth a long look especially if those odds uh, hold true to about 8 to 1. Wow. <laughs> well, like you said, this, this is a tough race, and there's no doubt about it. You, you could pretty much talk 15 minutes uh, about this field. And, you know, if you're playing an extended ticket, uh, I think this is one where you put three, maybe four horses in there because it, it, it's a toss-up. Again, the Americans look solid, but these European horses, and especially with you having an extra line on them, uh, that's certainly good information to know about uh, joviality, and now that I look at the PPs, I do see when this horse comes up against a, a softer course, it's, it's just not the same. Well, uh, we've got uh, a chance now to go to someplace different, now, a place I know that uh, you're not a stranger to, because uh, while you're a Chicago guy, uh, you were also, for the better part of your life, an East Coast guy, so I know you made your way up to Saratoga. Uh, again, uh, we're talking about the Alabama. This race was first run in 1872, the longest-running stakes race for three-year-old fillies in the U.S., and basically what the Kentucky Oaks is to the Derby, the Alabama is to the Travers. Uh, it's a field of seven, but they're really talented. Uh, probably it looks like a lot of people are going to give the nod to, to, to Grace Hall, uh, but I'm telling you what, the, the, the horse I like in here is in lingerie. If you go back and look at this horse's last race, uh, I mean, it was only beaten six lengths, and it probably lost ten lengths on both turns. And also, John Velasquez is back uh, from his shoulder injury, and I, I'm just I'm kind of hoping for some odds on in lingerie, but I am saying that Grace Hall is probably the one to beat. Interested in how you look at this race. 
Yeah, well, I do like your selection a little bit. Uh, in, in lingerie, the horse I saw at Turfway, uh, winner for stakes right there. I've always been impressed with her. She's kind of been my pick to be the three-year-old Philly champion for much of the year. I don't like her best in there, but I agree that um, uh, there might be some good odds after after getting well beaten in the coaching club Oaks, and I think she needed the race as well as, as you said, she went wide. So she's interesting. I think Grace Hall is not necessarily a mile and a quarter horse, so I think it's a great betting opportunity uh, to beat the favorite. Uh, I think she'll be a lukewarm favorite because the other filly that did win the Oaks is really dangerous in here. She's uh, speed from Europe. Her two races on dirt, Questing is her name. Yeah. Her two races on dirt have been really good. But, you know, there, there's a filly I haven't touched on yet that I actually like the best. Uh, her name is uh, Sea Island. She's a well-bred Phipps McGahee filly who's just gotten better and better as the uh, as the season's gone on. She didn't do much as a two-year-old. She's improving rapidly for a master trainer. I think the Alabama often comes down to what horse really, truly wants a mile and a quarter, and I think she fits the bill. She's 12-1 to 1 on the morning line. I don't see that happening. I'm hoping for 8-1. to 1. Uh, McGahee's on record as saying this filly wants a distance. And if you look at her last race, it only says an allowance or optional claimer in the, in the past performances. But the uh, four-year-old fillies that she beat in there are stakes fillies, uh, St. John's River and Acting Happy. Sea Island did it in a really nice uh, way. I think she's got a, along with Grace Hall, she's probably got a chase uh, questing. But I think uh, as they come down that last quarter mile, that long race, Sea Island might be the one that really appreciates the distance. I love your your view on handicapping. It, it, it's a great way to look at it. The, the the thing that draws my eye to her, of course, is that she's a Phipps bred and is trained by Shug McGahee. Uh, lately, I've been uh, doing biographies uh, for the Breeders' Cup, and I've been working on the mid uh, 1995s, and it's it's just phenomenal. You know the horses that these guys, decade after decade, come up with, and you know a lot of them you know, take a little time to develop, uh, but you know they've never let Shug go. You know, they've got a plan, and let me tell you, this horse could get away at big odds, and if they won it, I would not be surprised just because of the connections. Well, Brian Zipsy, I'll tell you what, it looks like it's break time. I'm getting uh, the, the the tap on the window uh, from our producer Matt. I hope that our listeners uh, will uh, take the time to go and check out Horse Racing Nation, Zipsy at the Track, and Derby Wars. Thanks so much for being on Winning Ponies tonight. John, I had a great time. Uh, great talking with you, and I look forward to doing it again sometime. All right. Believe me, you are in the loop, my friend. You are an excellent handicapper. Well, that closes out another show. Tell your friends about it. Don't forget it's on podcast. And that's going to be it. Overlooking the turf course over the Ohio River to the hills of Kentucky, I'm John Engelhart. Bet with your head, not over it. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.